Welcome to the Harmony at Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. What's better than one harpsichord? Two, of course. Harpsichordists Mireille Poudour and Orlando Bass join forces in Jean-Philippe Hermel's Pièce du Clavecin en Concert arranged for two harpsichords on a 2014 release from the Macalone label. Rameau originally scored his concerts for solo harpsichord with violin and bass viol, or alternatively, flute and a second violin. Here's how we often hear them performed. harpsichordist Trevor Pinnock with Rachel Podger and Jonathan Manson on violin and viola da gamba respectively. Now here's that same piece again as arranged by Mireille Poudour and Orlando Bass for two harpsichords. Arranging Ramos' famous pieces for two harpsichords is something that seemed natural for the duo, and performing them this way isn't without precedent. I imagine even Ramos himself wouldn't mind were he around to hear it. See, Ramos was an avid music arranger. During the course of his life, he took the catchiest tunes from his popular stage and orchestral works like Les Angolantes and arranged them into suites for harpsichord. It went the other way, too, often orchestrating his favorite harpsichord pieces for larger ensembles. Rameau wasn't alone. Other composers and performers did this kind of arranging, too. François Couperin and Gaspard Leroux both indicated that their trios with basso continuo could also be played by two harpsichords, and warhorse composers like Bach and Handel were constantly arranging and rearranging their own music. Leroux, Couperin, Bach, Handel. So, in the spirit of things, why not add Mirai Poudou and Orlando Bass to the list? For the harpsichord duo, making the arrangements was a culmination of an intense year of work. 
In their notes on the program, they described the process as a, quote, practical experiment at the harpsichord, informed by historical practice, and galvanized by the prospect of ample opportunities for improvisation. Those ample opportunities for improvisation most often present themselves on the repeated sections in the tracks of this recording. Here's a fun one. In the quatrième concert, Bass and Poudreux make inside jokes with their added ornaments and improvisations by quoting little snippets of some of Rameau's other pieces, namely La Poule and L'Egyptien. The added ornaments that steal from other parts of Rameau's repertoire is especially fitting here because the particular movement played is called La Rameau, the composer's own little musical self-portrait. This is really fun if you're already pretty familiar with Ramos pieces. But even if you're not, one thing you can do is to follow along in the score so that you can see just how the performers improvise and add ornaments not on the page. We'll link to the manuscript on our website. And while you're checking out the score, or even just glancing at the track listings for this recording, you'll notice that a couple of the movements have standard Baroque dance suite titles like Minuet and Temperan, but the rest of the movements have some intriguing and maybe even mysterious titles. We were just listening to some of the musical self-portrait titled La Ramon. Several movements like this pay homage to other musical families like La Fourcure, La Mere. Additional movements like Le Vésiné, reference places, in this case, the woodlands of Paris. Still, other movements in the concerts allude to character traits or personalities like la timide or l'indiscrète. La Gaissante is the title of a movement from the Douzième Concert. The liner note tells us that a dictionary from Rameau's time defines the word as, quote, the thousand and one little things a woman does to attract the attention of someone she is not disinclined to fall in love with. How's that for a definition? Ramos La Gaisant is a flirtatious little piece, and who knows, but you have to wonder if Ramos had someone in particular in mind when he wrote this.
sometimes get steamrolled by the thick texture of two harpsichords playing together, especially with all the trills and twiddly bits of Remmel's writing. But I enjoyed the clarity of well-aligned articulations between the two performers on the disc. Tuned to A equals 407, it's a big, full, and muscular sound, but with plenty of definition, and that makes all the difference. And it doesn't hurt that the instruments used on the recording are also very well-matched. Puldura and Bass perform on a restored anonymous Flemish harpsichord from 1748, and a copy of that instrument made by Laurent Soumignac on loan from the Atelier du Clavecin collection at the Chamon Avexon. If you like the recording we featured today and would like more information about it, you'll find a link to it on our website. Just visit harmoniaearlymusic.org. While you're there, have a look at our archive of podcasts and shows, and be sure to check out our online shop, where a portion of your purchase will benefit Harmonia. This has been the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>